the free for all roundtable. Round two. On round two this morning, uh, let's say good morning to uh, Adjwa and Sia Yavua, who I was visiting in the CP24 newsroom <laughs> just yesterday. Uh, we have lawyer, professor, and activist Pamela Palmiter, and live in studio, Toronto City Councillor and TTC Chair John Burnside is here. I can't remember the last time I saw you in person. It's one of those COVID things where it's like, wow, it's been a while. Uh, 2020, I believe it was. 2020. Uh, let me ask you, I was speculating about who's going to run for mayor um, of Toronto, because John Tory says he's out after this session. Is that something you aspire to? Uh, no, I'm just happy to have the job I have, which is uh, a lot to handle. Uh, I think Brad Bradford would be amazing. Brad Bradford, okay. Yeah. Well, he asked me out for coffee, so maybe that's what that's about. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on from speculative to exactly what is going on, and I'll stay with you for a second, uh, because you are the chair of the TTC. Um, what the heck is going on? Well, I think a lot is going on, and I think, uh, first of all, we need to understand the various aspects. You know, I mean, there's hooliganism, and that's that's random was always going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, there's a huge mental health component, uh, but when we say mental health, is not just one particular, you know, mental health is such a broad range of, uh, uh, on the spectrum that there's many aspects to that. But I'd say primarily in terms of all the randomness that's uh, happening on the TTC, first of all, it's a reflection of what's happening in the city. It, people have migrated to the TTC, especially in the colder weather. Right. So we need to accept that fact. And um, it's a mental health issue that we, uh, we can't tackle alone. And intriguingly, Adjoy and Sia Yaboy, you preoccupy yourself on a daily basis with those who have decided to absent themselves from the TTC and prefer to be in their car. And there's an interesting poll out this morning that finds that people overwhelmingly in Toronto prefer to be in their car because they get to control their own lives. It's true, especially with the uptick in violent attacks that are happening on this on the TTC when you just think about it even just me being at work because I don't only report on traffic I also report on uh, the ongoings and the delays on the TTC and you always find out what the reason is and it now it's a daily basis a lot of these attacks and and yes in combination with COVID uh, there's another issue um, they're saying that a lot of these ones involving young kids could be involving uh, TikTok challenges that are occurring that are causing some youth to be involved in uh, some of these attacks, but it's it is scary. So I understand uh, piling on COVID, piling on a lot of things that happened over the last two years. People feel safer in their car, sure. and, and for a lot of people, it's uh, less expensive when you think about it. For them, just driving, making sure that they can get door to door. Yes, sometimes parking twelve dollars a day you're paying, but. If you're taking, if you're coming from the north and you're taking Go Transit and then compile that with TTC, sometimes it's exactly the same price travel-wise to get down. So why wouldn't you want to be in the comfort of your own vehicle versus the chance that you could be attacked on the not-so-better way anymore? And Pamela Palmiter, we have a national union calling for a summit to be held, a national summit about transit safety. I don't know if we need a meeting. Can't we just sort of uh, jump to the end of this? Well, I, I mean, you know, different people want different things, but at the end of the day, there should be an ongoing relationship that's good enough, open enough, strong enough that the TTC can have these conversations with, you know, municipalities or federal, provincial governments, whoever's involved in all of that, whatever aspect, you know, from funding or, you know, policies to be able to talk about that. But the problem is they, you know, they've always been stuck so much on, you know, their, their union battles 
that they haven't really looked so much at the larger issues. I mean, it comes up in union negotiations, but I don't know that the powers that be truly understand what TTC workers go through every day. And I think they should take a turn at being a TTC worker, Uh, do a ride along, so to speak, to see what actually happens. Um, an NDP MPP is calling for more speed cameras in Toronto. I guess we'll t- start with our traffic specialist. Adjua, I guess we can ignore the fact that I don't know what the provincial jurisdiction is in all of this, but do we need more traffic uh, cams, more speed cameras in the city of Toronto? We got 50. Right. I, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure. I don't I don't necessarily think it's going to just deter the people that have a lead foot and want to speed. And sometimes it's so arbitrary. You could be going one over. I got I got a ticket for going 42 and a 40. So really, it, it, usually yes, it's, it's like a little 10 and change. No, it's a little bit ridiculous. So if it was a person that had pulled me over, if, if a cop was doing a speed check and saw me going 42, he would have let me go. But because it's a camera, a camera can't dictate and decide, okay, you know, I can give them a leeway within 10. It's not happening. And then I ended up getting a ticket for it. So I'm not too sure how much deterrence this is going to cause. I understand the revenue factor because that comes into play and it does bring in a lot of money for the city and it doesn't cost a lot to get that money. So I honestly think that's more of a factor. I don't think it's going to deter people from speeding at all. All Is there any political will for this at City Hall, John Burnside? Because like I said, I don't know why a provincial MPP is raising the question in the first place. Well, because the province ultimately decides the regulations. It was actually my motion in 2015 that asked the province to allow us to use that technology, and originally they said no. Um, I'd respectfully disagree, though, in terms of whether it's um, effective or not, because we see how, if we look at the randomness of the attacks on the TTC, how that affects people. Well, the randomness of photo radar, as it were, would have the same effect. Right now, everyone knows where it is. They see the signs and they slow it. <laughs> well, but you're a special case, and we can discuss that later. Um, the mayor's already <laughs> told me to get stuffed on this file. But I think the re- you know putting it in school zones and senior safety zones, it was a political cover. It had righteousness wrapped around it. But in the reality is those speed cameras, if you're really trying to uh, control speeding, they should be any Anywhere and anywhere. Okay. Um, last word on this one, Pamela. Well, uh, I mean, here's the thing. Right now, most people use Google Maps or Waze or something, and it tells you where all the police are, where all the pulled over cars, where all the speed cameras are. So if there's a speed camera at every intersection, yeah, it's going to work. But are we are we really going to go there? A speed camera in every intersection, in every neighborhood, all the time, like, you know, think of the cost and the, you know, implications, societal implications of that. So I think the vast majority of people obviously try to drive as safely as possible, especially downtown Toronto is a zoo to drive around in. I know for me personally, but there's a lot of ways around these things where where the camera is, you just stop speeding. So I don't know. I think the ones that are, you know, the road ragers and the thrill seekers, there's always going to be those guys. Yeah. Uh, and John Burns, how frequently are those things moved? Well, I would I don't know exactly, but I'd say it's about every six months, three to six okay. months, because uh, there was one around the corner from me and it seemed to be there, you know, in the spring and was gone in the fall.
Yeah, because the, the one that caught me in the middle of the night was uh, gone within a couple of weeks. I don't know if that's because I talked about it on the radio and they decided I'd, you know. You didn't out. see the sign first and you didn't hear, uh, look at Waze? No, oh. no. 3, 3.45 <laughs> in the morning. All right, I'll stop trying to litigate this case. Um, Justin Trudeau, not terribly perturbed by protesters in Hamilton. Pamela Palmiter, do you think that there was something, you know, there's some sort of dramatic sign that he was yelled at and heckled in Hamilton? Or is this the same gang of Yahoo? Who's, who would chase any liberal politician around. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it's the same tiring gang of anti-maskers, anti-health, you know, uh, rules. I mean, basically calling him a tyrant and a traitor, demanding that he resign, carrying flags, saying we're the fringe and so on, you know, making fun of sheeple. I mean, that's literally all of the taglines of that trucker convoy group so i mean what can you do about it they've shown that they just act violently or aggressively if trudeau does try to talk to them so hopefully he has enough security just to get through them and i would say that for any politician if that was happening to a conservative or ndp or anyone else yeah well it used to be a matter of routine around mike harris adjoin celia bois in some media circles they're insisting see the people are finally standing up to the tyrant i'm not saying justin trudeau's popular i just don't think that this was a particularly significant uprising I don't think so either. I, and I agree with uh, with Pamela that it's the same group of people that show up everywhere and they're just the loudest voice in the room. So it seems like it's bigger than it is. They have a right to protest. They can protest any political leader that they feel that they don't agree with. That is their right. Um, but I don't this I don't think this is representative of the mass majority of people who are saying, using their taglines, oh, we the fringe, he's a tyrant, and all of those things. No, I, I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. And I agree with his response. Just keep going. It's, they're allowed to do it and keep going, and I'm doing my job, and that's what I was voted in to do. What does it say on the Johnny Walker bottle? Walk on, I think. Uh, <laughs> John Burnside, I find the breathless coverage, as I said, in some media outlets of this protest to be very much the same people who thought that the convoy protest was some sort of historic moment. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the hyperbolic language, calling him a tyrant, you know, it's so over the top. Uh, to everyone else's point, people just tune out, and my, myself included. Uh, there are lots of reasons one might might not like the Prime Minister, but to just keep harping on the same thing, uh, it's old news, and uh, that small percentage of the population is not going to move the needle at all, in my opinion. Well, and he is going to make us eat crickets, apparently, at some point. He's going to take away meat, take away guns, make us eat crickets. Um, the four-day work week... Um, Adjua, I don't see this happening. In particular, um, it wouldn't happen for us, right? I mean, we're going to be here Monday to Friday. Yeah, uh, for us in particular, anybody that's in the media, because of news is now, news is breaking, and you can't say, okay, Monday to Thursday, those are only going to be the breaking news days. In reality, that's not the case. You could probably, you could possibly do something, um, I guess, in the business sector where it is four days and you're not conducive to a 24-hour news cycle. So that could work. And I understand why people want it. It's work-life balance. And it gives you that extra day to come down and de and recharge. And then when you're back at work, you're giving, you're all for that four days, looking forward to the three days where you can relax and really have time. Because two days off from a full day where you're just working so hard, you need that additional day just to recharge and be you. And I feel like there's not enough time for that. 
Okay, we're, we're at a racetrack, but the reason the topic came up is there was a survey done by the Robert Heff firm found 91% of senior managers polled said they would support a four-day work week. I wouldn't be surprised if it starts happening for people, but the workplace is still active five days a week. It's just that if you can get your work done in four, then you don't need to come in, and then you know there'll be overlapping days and stuff like that. Catch the roundtable, round one at 7.45, round two at 8.45. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.